Hi, it's Dom here, pastor at Assemble Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you find what you're looking for today and that you are challenged, inspired, and equipped to live out the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message today. Do you know what the greatest part of being up here in the front is? Yeah, spot on, Alan. To see your beautiful faces. I mean, normally, the only faces that we've got are uh, Ollie and, you know, Dom and Sam. Well, I mean, you know, don't really compare to yours, do they? But, but a serious point coming from this is that we are made beautiful in the image of God. Now, that's not him or her. It's me. It's you. God has created us to be beautiful in his image. In a world that tells you you're not beautiful, in a world that tells you it's not enough, I want to tell you this morning, which has got nothing to do with what I'm speaking about, but I want to tell you something that's so, so important, that God loves you And he thinks you're beautiful because you're part of his creation. So if you're having those self-doubts, those feelings of unworthiness, I just plead with you, in the name of Jesus, please just accept his word that you're created in his image and you are beautiful. We're on now to John chapter 15, so we're, we're almost entering the, uh, the last quartile of the book of, uh, of John. Also, in chapter 15, it, it uh, opens up to us the main theme, which is, I am the vine, and it, it's the last of the, I, I, the great I am sayings. There are other words, there are other passages that talk about I am, but we say there are seven that have a real importance to us. So what you're saying is, David, please can we have a quick quiz? And I'm pleased to deliver. I want to know what are the seven I am sayings. Now let me just tell you this, in case you're not feeling guilty enough, we've heard about all of them, but but for the last one today. So six have been preached on in recent weeks, and for those of you who have been here on those weeks, you know immediately what the seven I am sayings are. So who's going to start? Good shepherd. The light. The bread. The way. Thank you. Way, truth, and the life. The gate, or it's sometimes called the door in modern translations now. I think we're missing one, aren't we? I am the resurrection and the life. Brilliant. Well done. You've been listening, Dom. They get a gold star. (laughs) Okay, so this morning we're on to the seventh and the final one in, in chapter 15. I am the vine. I don't know a massive amount about viticulture, which is the posh word that means looking after grapes. But I have visited several vineyards. Now, 
principally I go to these vineyards because they have excellent restaurants. And if you believe that, you believe anything. The, the, the vines, that they, they, you will, if you've seen vines, you'll, the intricate branches that wind their way in and, and out, in, in and out and in season, the big heavy bunches of, of grapes as you can, can see behind me. Uh, and the weight of these vines is so great um, that they have to be pegged securely at, at either end and, and in the middle as well. For the Jews, the, uh, the vine was a very important symbol of the nation of, uh, of Israel. Um, Jesus himself um, pre uh, spoke about four, spoke with using four parables to speak about the vines and the nation of Israel. He told them that, that they would need to seek fruitful, need to practice fruitful service. Um, they, they, will, they would need to be aware of the judgment of not seeking after the, the, the fruit of Jesus. Now, we haven't got time to, to go into these four parables this morning, but I'm delighted to offer you the services of uh, Dom and, and Sam, as I always do. But this week, there's a special offer. If you go and ask them about these four parables, you will also get a selfie. What more could be better than that? Okay, so uh, let's get into, the, into God's word now in, in, in serious intent. Um, so I want to sort of look at the, the vine allegory um, in, in three ways, three aspects, three points of teaching coming out of it. Um, and I've described these as firstly, uh, the lost connection, secondly, the reconnection, um, and then finally, the, the high fiber connection. So we're going to start uh, and read verses 1 to 6 if you've got your Bibles, if you want to switch them on or uh, look at the screen if you've got good eyesight. Verses 1 to 6 of chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are clearly clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit itself by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains or woman remains in me and I in him, he or she will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burnt. Firstly, I want us just to think a little bit uh, about the lost connection. 
or maybe the losing connection. Um, the, uh, the days have gone, but not entirely, where the little buffering on your uh, computer or, or TV screen drove you mad, um, but, it's, but it's still there. It demonstrates that there's not uh, a connection yet, or certainly not a strong connection. In the allegory of the vine, there are lots of, of comforting words from, from Jesus, but also there are some very stern words also. Verse 2, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. In verse 4, no branch can bear fruit by itself. Verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. And verse 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. This is serious stuff, friends. It's, it's not a bad hair day that we all have, but it's a lost connection with the Lord God Almighty, the creator and sustainer of this world. We've lost, in these things, we lose connection with Jesus and Holy Spirit. The reality is, we can exist without acknowledging Jesus. There are plenty of people, the majority now, in our world who will just not acknowledge Jesus. They'll put him on the back burner. Some will totally discount his word. And some will practice a form of religion that is traditional, but not really have a born-again relationship with Jesus. For a while, we get away with it. God is not, whatever the cartoons tell you, God is not big on thunderbolts. But what about the long term? What about the longer term? The cost that comes to our spirit and our soul. Because these are the eternal things. These are the things that are not affected often by the, the short-termism and the events and feelings, but they are truly part of eternity. I want to emphasize that the vine allegory this morning, clearly, it's God's word. But I wonder if you'll just allow me to put something alongside that. You haven't got a choice, actually, but it sounds awfully polite to us. Because I want to live out the word of God. And sometimes a picture alongside the, the verses of, of the Bible can be instructive if we believe that the, the Holy Spirit is, is in this. You'll be surprised to hear that I've never hung on a vine. Might need a bit of extra um, fixing materials for that one. But what I have experienced 
are 750 million of them. Anybody got any idea what the 750 million are? Not people, not, not grapes, the worshippers of Christ, that would be good. Breath, I have breathed approximately, because I did it on a calculator, I have approximately breathed 750 million breaths. I also, in, in midweek, was thinking about a song that, uh, that, that, that we sing. And I thought, shall I give Ollie a ring and ask him if we could, could have this song? Uh, and I thought, no, I, I won't trouble him. He needs rehearsal time and he's planning. Little was I to know that around that time midweek, Ollie was looking at, at, at four songs that we might sing at, at the end of our service in about three hours. And of those four, they, he picked one. And the one he picked was the one that the good Lord wanted us to sing. And it was in my mind, and it was in Ollie's mind, and, and Phil, and whoever. And the song is one that I hope is familiar to most of you. We're going to sing it soon, if you're not. Great are your Lord. And the refrain... It's our breath, it, it's your breath in our lungs. Now, I can't quite imagine what it's like to hang on a vine, but I have this deeply moving, incredibly profound feeling and experience of knowing that every breath that I take is breath that has been given by the Lord God Almighty. And I, I can enjoy vines, looking at them and having the odd little tipple. But when it comes to the breath breathing through, through me, I, I feel not only connection, but I feel a real intimacy with God. I can't liken that to what's on a vine, though God's word is there for, for many purposes. But alongside that, I think of the breath that's going through my body. Those 750 million breaths give me an intimacy, give you an intimacy that the Lord of God wants you to be who you are and wants to give you life through it. The vine may be, but most profoundly, the breath that's in our bodies. It's not occasional, it's it's, it's, it's constant. It's fundamental. It's life-giving. Now, that to me is the connection that we want with God. We can't choose not to breathe. But if we lose connection with the source of life, then we die. And so it is with a vine. So it is spiritually with God. We can become like a dead branch. We can become fruitless, inactive. No use to God. Only fit for the bonfire. 
the real risk of this disconnection, this lost connection, is that we lose out physically. We're cut off ultimately by God in death. No two ways about that. We're disconnected personally. When our relationship of love and trust with God is shattered. And we get disconnected morally. When we no longer have good standing with our holy, righteous, moral and loving God. So I reflect. I reflect on 750 million breaths. Shows what an exciting life I've got. Where have those 750 breaths of my life gone? Well, let me give you a little bit of my story then through those 750 million breaths. Some I have invested in family, in relationships, in education and training. Some have been pure enjoyment when Leicester Tigers win yet another trophy. Some have been spent in pain, especially emotional pain. Some have been spent intimately with God. But friends, many, many more I have not spent intimately with God. Some have been spent in achievement. And some have been spent in sin. That is a part of my story. And it may be that there's something in there that is also part of your story. I'm disappointed with myself. I'm truly disappointed that I wasted so much and become so self-indulgent at times. So for those times when I get disconnected, I more than ever need to be reconnected. Maybe for some, some here, some you know, the real issue is getting connected for the first time. Maybe the Holy Spirit is, is getting at you. I don't apologise for that. Maybe he's wanting to prompt you to, to stand up and be counted. If not now, in a short while, just here, where the prayer ministry team are. That's an enormous journey for some of you. But it just may be that that's what the Holy Spirit wants from you this morning. Maybe in your hearts and your minds, he wants you to draw near to him as he draws near to you. Or maybe he knows where you're at. And the most productive thing at the minute is you ask those burning questions that you're not sure about faith or, or Jesus. And you've just missed the Alpha course, or I guess it's coming towards a conclusion. 
Maybe you'll start the next Alpha One. Let me give a quick shout out to the prodigals. Many of you will know the story of the, the prodigal son that's in the Bible in Luke 15. Somehow, we, they, have got disconnected from God in their own self-determination and, and indulgence. But what the parable of the prodigal son tells us is that in turning back to the father, there are no recriminations, no accusations, no in inferior positioning, just love and the party of parties. That's our God. And for us all, there's, there's so much good news, so many reasons to reconnect. Jesus is controlling. He is the vine. Jesus tells us in verse 3 that we're made clean by his word. The pruning that Jesus speaks of in the allegory is so that we will be even more fruitful in our discipleship. And then at the end of the chapter, the bit that, that we won't be reading, Jesus talks about persecution. He talks about challenges that we might face. But he assures us, even in those, those difficult times, Jesus has gone before us. Let's read verses 9 to uh, 17 now. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. So the good news goes on through John's gospel. Verse 9, as the Father has loved you, has loved me, so I have loved you. Verse 15, we, we serve, we are servants, 
But what's greater is that we are friends of Jesus. Verse 16, we are here chosen by royal appointment. And in, in a few places, it talks about remaining in his love. Let me just for a moment, just pause on this expression of, of remaining in the love of Jesus. Because it sounds like a, a really comfortable, great place to be. And certainly doesn't need any reconnection. But actually remaining in the love of God is not as horizontal, not as comfortable as it might first seem. Because remaining in God's love requires obedience and submission. It requires living out your faith in the world. It requires expressing love to other people. And it requires being open to Holy Spirit. Maybe sometimes we are too comfortable with all that Jesus has done and all that Jesus is doing for us. Can I tell you what I really mean by that? What I really mean is I have become too comfortable. Too comfortable with all that Jesus has done in my life. And if I could tell my story here, we'd be here for a long while because I've known Jesus a long time. And he's put up with me a long time. I have become too comfortable with all that Jesus has done for me. And if we're going to remain in Jesus' love, then there is no substitute for relationship and intimacy. How can we be intimate with Jesus if we never talk to him? How can we be intimate with God if the only time we open up a Bible is on a Sunday morning? How can we be intimate with God if worship is occasional and there isn't worship in the middle of our week in addition to whatever we do on Sunday? Don't worry if you feel you haven't got it all together. Don't use posh theological words to express what you think of Jesus. That might not be you. Being in a relationship requires patience and practice. And it's no different being in an intimate relationship with Jesus. Lost connection, reconnection, and the last bit, on the homeward journey, the high-fibre connection. What is the high-fibre connection, the superhighway to Jesus? What is the nature of this fruiting that, that Jesus talks about? 
contemporary society would convince us that, that good fruit is popularity and success, status and prestige, sex appeal and power, need I say more, money and possessions. We know these things were not important to Jesus. Probably. So what about the bigger and the better contribution we can make to church life? The increase in the number of bottoms on chairs at church. The greater amount of money that we can give away. The most powerful testimony that impresses other people. These are great things. These truly are great things. And Dom and Sam would give their right something for, for these kind of things. And I don't want to take away from that. But I want to add to it. In, I have that, that, that sense that God is not only calling us to these things, but calling us first and foremost, not to worry about the externals, but to sort out this whole business of intimacy with him. This connection that I'm calling the high fiber connection, not that I know what I'm talking about, but this super connection that we can have with Jesus that, Good things will follow, externals will follow, but we need to put in the spade work. Those of you who are gardeners know that you need to do the, the underground bit that no one sees before the blooms and the fruiting appears. Look at John 15. Because, not surprisingly, Jesus gives us clues in this. Verse 7, he talks about fruits arising from prayer and doing God's will. Verse 8, he talks about aligning our will with his. How often do we expect Jesus to come alongside and, and endorse what we're doing? Verse 8, helping bring the glory of God. Oh, friends. I do weep, and I want to weep because of the situation our world is in. And anything, anything that can show the glory of God in our community, in our families, in our world, can only be so life-changing and refreshing for us and for, for other people. Verse 8, Jesus talks about discipling. Verse 11, about being joy makers. Verse 12, he speaks of indiscriminate love, which is kind of where, where I started. He doesn't choose you in, instead of somebody else. 
we're all invited to the party. And then at the end of the chapter, he talks in verse 26 about the need to receive the Holy Spirit. There's no mention there of increasing congregations. They will follow. We need to do the spade work. Many of us still need to do the spade work so that we are truly intimate with the God of heaven. We put that together with fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and 2 Peter 1, which if you need the references, we'll, we'll give them. We get a pretty good picture of the kind of fruit that Jesus wants. Jesus said, I am the vine. Will you remain in him? Will you remain in his love? Will you really be intimate with him? He sees, he knows. He just wants a bit of honesty sometimes from us. Will you seek his fruit? And will you share that fruit with other people? In so doing, we bring glory to heaven. And that must be one of the biggest, if not the biggest goals. That's all for now. We pray that you heard something that brought life to you today so that you may go and be the person that God called you to be. God bless you.